World Wide Web has long been host to copied and pasted stories of an apocryphal nature. These stories came to be known as Copyvasta, and then the creepy variant emerged. Welcome to Creepy Podsta, the Creepy Pasta Podcast. I'm gonna leave some seconds to capture my um, room sound so that I can get that rid of that in noise removal. Hello, welcome to the show. I'm the host of it, Jeff. I'm here to talk about some creepypastas. I have my notes open. I'm fresh up from a nap. I'm ready to go. You're hearing this in the damnable winter, uh, deep in uh, either December or either early December or late December, I believe. Uh, I don't think that this episode could possibly be pushed back to January. It is likely you are hearing it on either December 13th, 20th, or 27th. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, take a stab at it and say 27th merry christmas everyone and happy new year i won't i won't you won't hear from me again before the new year so happy new year uh, we're going to talk about a story suggested in the facebook group by pi wood called autopilot by uh, user scarjo on reddit that's s k a r j o not uh, spelled like the Scarlett Johansson nickname. The story is called Autopilot, and it was submitted uh, into No Sleep on Friday, March 1st, 2013. And with me to talk about this story is returning guest Alex Capello. Merry Christmas, Hannah Kwanzaa creeps. I wonder when Kwan- when I think Kwanzaa is the same time every year. When is Hanukkah this year, though? I have no idea. And That's not my I season should- at work anymore. Oh, it's a... <laughs> uh, Sunday, December 2nd to Monday, December 12th, 10th. Oh, God, I should have slept more. Uh, <laughs> or less, I don't know. Uh, I think probably i you know, pre-diabetic or something, because sometimes I'll eat food and it'll immediately make me fall asleep. It's called getting old, uh, Jeff. It happens to all of us. Yeah, it might just be a lactose thing. Although, I had a bunch of ice cream last night and then couldn't get to sleep until 5 o'clock in the morning, so uh, who knows? It was mac and cheese today that seemed to put me right out, but you know. I mean, you don't know. I, I, I don't mean, know. I don't know either. <laughs> Alright, so please tell me the basic events of Autopilot. Okay, well, our sordid tale starts out with the narrator talking about how they forgot their phone that day at home, which launches a whole tangent about conscious versus unconscious brain functions and like how you don't actively think to breathe or walk. You just kind of do it even when you're not thinking about it, which I also appreciate the co-op name drop here because it dates the narrator in a very appropriate way for the story. Um, the narrator mentioned. Yeah, yeah. I, I listened to this, so I didn't even notice that. I I just like my brain just kind of pasted over it, like, well, oh, I don't know what that word was. <laughs> 
Oh man, but the narrator mentions their ability to remember putting their phone in a different place that morning is only as good as their ability to prevent their brain from entering routine mode or engaging autopilot. So the narrator completes their morning routine, feeds their daughter, loads up the car, and heads out to start their day. Narrator gets to work, completes their morning whatever, and finally notices their phone is missing on a coffee break where they're like autopilot disengaged. So the narrator finishes their day at work uh, while commenting on how unbearably hot it is and drives home noticing the heat has unleashed a horrible smell from somewhere in the car. They get home and are greeted by their wife saying, where's Emily, their daughter? Um, The narrator thinks they just forgot to pick Emily up from daycare, so they speed over to the nursery to find a sign on the nursery door saying, to use the side door due to some vandalism. This is when the narrator realizes they never stopped at the nursery that morning because they were distracted by a cup of coffee they had stopped to get, which was not part of the normal routine. And also because Emily had climbed uh, to, into a different seat yeah. to get into the shade uh, to avoid the hot sun. Yeah, so the narrator couldn't see the daughter in the rearview mirror like they normally would have been able to. And the narrator slowly walks back over to their car to discover the corpse of their daughter in the back seat. Yeah, this one, um... I... It's a really brutal twist, but I thought it was uh, presented somewhat cleverly. And uh, the only thing that annoyed me is, like, I got it. <laughs> like, yeah. There's a lot... The story's presented with a lot of line breaks and repetition, and I get the point of it. Um, but it's... it Especially in the audio version, it's just like, alright, man, you're, like, trying to make this, uh, this dread build until the reveal but, like, you've already revealed it by starting to build the dread. Yeah, basically. It, w- it was pretty easy. I-, I got the twist pretty early on. As soon as they started throwing around the word negligent, it's like, okay, well, mm. obviously, y- your kid's dead. Like, something happened and your kid's dead. Because nobody <laughs> calls you negligent for forgetting your phone at home in the morning. You're like, oh, man, that's kind of dumb. How could you do that? But that's not a case of negligence. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one where uh, one thing I do like is that the story sort of invites you to reread um, because not a lot of these stories will do that. It's like uh, as soon as you finish, you're like, wait a second and you go back to the section and surely he did uh, feed the daughter, put her in the car and then never mentions dropping her off. Yeah, I uh, had to go back a second that's... time to catch that too, which was actually really nicely done. I actually also liked the way um, the author pace the end with like the really short sentences, immediate line breaks at least in the written version so it kind of helps pace it out to a point where you're kind of feeling like it's you know really intense stream of consciousness scrambling thought process of somebody who just made a horrible realization yeah and it's this this sort of special kind of horror that is derived from uh, like intense grief rather than a spooky monster or the anxiety of being chased or anything like that. Uh, I I really like that generally. I think of the three things that we found, this was probably the best one. It's still, you know, it's a little like ha 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 ha. You're, you've used the the smell of a car baked child in your horror story, and that's a little gruesome oh, for my taste, I think. <laughs> um, 
But it, it, uh, have you seen Hereditary yet? I haven't yet, no. Okay. Uh, I won't talk about Hereditary, but it, that deals with, um, sort of a similar mode of, like, yeah, there's spooky ghost stuff in the movie, but most of the dread is dealing with, as you can tell from the trailer, just like grief. Yeah. Just like the the first thing that happens in the movie is the main character is at her mom's funeral, and it sort of spins out from there. So kind of like uh, almost like the Babadook in a way too, like the Babadook yeah. overall allegory for grief. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting though because I I don't put the the Babadook in the same category just because it's like so cartoonish and over the top and because there's been so much time since the death uh, and that they're now like just dealing with it right. in the Babadook yeah. but it's like it's not fresh anymore this this autopilot story is about this fresh grief it, like is literally happening as we're yeah it's, it's uh, as we're reading immediate. the story yeah uh, I don't think that we needed the actual reveal. I don't think that the narrator needed to tell us that the daughter was dead. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I feel like the... I understand what the author was trying to do, keeping... When they kept going back to, like, autopilot and talking about that weird trick that your brain does to you. But that kind of killed the pacing a little bit, too. Yeah. Yeah, it was in the audio version that final line of autopilot disengaged is really corny. <laughs> uh, like, I, I did not like it, but in the written version, I think just like maybe remove some of the repetition. Some of the stuff, like, he keeps going back to my phone was on the counter. Cut some of those. Yeah. Yeah. I almost, <laughs> I almost too much. feel like it would have been better if it was presented in a slightly different way because this really feels like to me it almost felt like a police statement so in a way i kind of would yeah. have liked to see it presented more like the pancake family story was um <laughs> even though that would have been an even bigger reveal early on for what the twist actually was there would have been no hope of duping the audience yeah well it's I, I just, like, this end part, you can remove most of the, maybe keep two of them, my phone was on the counters, and she changed the routines. You don't need so many of them. And then, uh, then at the end, the last three lines, just cut out the middle one. Instead of, I opened the door, my phone was on the counter, and my daughter was dead, autopilot disengaged. Just, I opened the door, autopilot disengaged. Like, it's, you don't need to tell us. We know. We got it already. And it almost undercuts the drama by having the character so plainly state what happened. What do you think could be sort of tweaked in this story to improve it? Um, I mean, like we said, definitely cutting out some of that repetition, like my cell phone was on the counter, autopilot, this, brain tricks that, all that kind of stuff, because it, it made the existence of a twist that much more obvious. Mm. So you were already looking for it, I feel like, and already trying to figure it out right from that first little tangent the author goes on. Yeah, it's sort of like, well, where's he going with this? Yeah, like what else did the narrator forget to do then if 
you know, he forgot his cell phone. Yeah, and it's the there's also this assertion that most people call it autopilot. I don't think so. <laughs> I, I don't think I've used that phrase to describe it. Uh, I mean, maybe once in a while, but this guy is using it so often. I guess specifically yeah. to describe this incident, of course. Yeah, I do it all the time, but really only specifically when I'm when I can't remember how I got someplace when I was driving someplace. I'm like, oh, okay, I guess I was on autopilot on the commute to work today. Whoops. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Ugh. It's... I'm, I'm also looking at the comments here, and apparently this is a thing that has happened every once in a while, but it's still like... Yeah. The way this person presents it makes me feel like they don't have a kid. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just it's presented in in such a way that it doesn't seem realistically you know i don't know it's just it's weird it seems it almost seems like it's being written by someone who's in shock immediately at following like their initial outburst of grief upon making this gruesome discovery because it kind of feels like the narrator is almost dissociated hmm. from what actually happened while they're writing this yeah yeah that's true i mean the conceit of no sleep is still weirdly that there are uh that someone is posting this on reddit uh but obviously oh, oh no a big yard uh, obviously like i don't think a person would actually post something like this on reddit is it's just like it's so obviously structured like a horror story that i i don't i, I don't really buy it <laughs> um yeah it, it it's it just seems it's good. It's something that I think would be better as, like, a short film. Uh, this author has written a lot of yeah. stories, too, it looks like, for No Sleep. Uh, the, uh, this is the pen name of UK author Kevin Thomas. Um, I don't know. It doesn't look like we've covered any of, any of Kevin's previous stories, but, you know, it, uh, <sighs> this one is just so... I don't know. Uh, maybe you can articulate a little better about what it feels like this one's missing. You know, I actually can't because in all honesty, until I found um, that one comment that posted the um, the Washington Post article about this whole phenomenon and how it happens to people in real life, I didn't even buy it for a second because like the article mentions, nobody believes it can happen to them. And I'm like, that can't actually happen to anybody. Nobody can actually accidentally leave their kid in a car all day what yeah yeah it's um it's really interesting because it's the sort of thing where like it's just a minor lapse but it has massive consequences uh and yeah i don't know it's it's interesting because it uh we don't see that explored a lot in horror. Usually it's a big choice that has big consequences. Like, well, we've decided to get a Ouija board and summon a demon. Um, <laughs> we got kidnapped by a serial killer and he's just chained our, my foot to the radiator. That sort of thing. And this is just like... Yeah. A person forgot his cell phone. Uh, yeah, they, they got too distracted in the morning, and the end result is a dead child. Yeah, and that is, it's it sort of throws me for a loop, almost. Uh, I'm going through the comments again. It looks like somebody, they say they did a video 
of this uh, story, and I don't know if they mean it's a reading of the story or if it's a uh, dramatization of the story. I I'm not sure. I would guess that it is a uh, it is. Oh no, it is actually a a narrated dramatization of the of the story. Oh wow! Yeah. Uh, that is that by actually make it better. Yeah, that is by the No Shows, which seems to be a, a YouTube channel that adapts No Sleep stories to little short films. It's a little like eight minute forty nine second short film. Uh, I'm not gonna watch it here, of course, but uh, <laughs> the people in it are all very obviously like 20 years old and not the age of the character. I assume in the story, not parents. Yeah, they're not. You, know, you can be a parent at that age, but like these, uh, yeah, these are like smooth-faced, clearly well-rested college-age kids and <laughs> not young parents. Uh, come on, let's close this tab. Uh, what is the spookiest part of this story to you? Um, the spookiest part is actually the fact that this happens like 15 to 25 times a year in mm. the United States in real life. Because, <laughs> damn, that's... I don't even want to know what it's like living inside the head of one of the parents who has actually accidentally done this. Yeah, that's gonna be really, really a bad feeling. Um, for me, it is... Um, sort of the the turn uh there it's it's sort of building and the horrible smell you're like something's weird here and then the where's emily like what emily and then i'm like okay you left her at the nursery and then he goes to the nursery and when like as the character realizes i'm also realizing i'm like oh no but then the character spends like way longer realizing after I've already been like I get it <laughs> so like it undercuts right. <laughs> that little moment of horror but I thought that the turn was really effective but if it just stopped right there it probably would have like knocked the story up a grade yeah uh, just like remove all of the my phone was on the counters so instead of breaking up every line it would just be a change in the routine I hadn't been here this morning I'd driven past because I was drinking my coffee I hadn't dropped Emily we're also going to change I did not dropped off Emily because that's not <laughs> that's too British we're going to change that to I hadn't dropped Emily off uh, we're going to uh, absolutely split that infinitive is that what that's called uh, I have no idea. I'm going to Google split infinitive because I want to know if I'm doing that correctly. Uh, it's a construction consisting of an infinitive with an adverb or other word inserted between two and the verb. Like, she seems to really like it. No, I don't think this is a split infinitive. It's definitely something that uh, grammar teachers tell you you're not supposed to do. Dropped off Emily is the grammatically correct construction. Dropped Emily off is not technically incorrect but it is one of those things like uh, like it's less good yeah you're not supposed to do it even though it's not actually a rule of English but like we just like get to the point I think would be better it takes way too long yeah. to get there but yeah that turn I thought was very effective um, do we have any other final thoughts about this story before we move to plugs 
Uh, no, but, well, not related to the story, but I read that whole Washington Post article, and that was, like, A++. So, if y'all want to have some extra creepiness in your lives, read that article. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, um, I clicked on the link to it, and it just went to a list of Pulitzer Prize winners, and I did not feel like trying to get through it and figure out which one is the one. Uh, it's... Oh, boy. Is it this? No, I don't think it's that. What if I... Ah, here we go. Gene Weingarten of the Washington Post feature writing for his haunting story about parents from varying walks of life who accidentally kill their children by forgetting them in cars. Uh, and then when you click on it, on Pulitzer.org... Pulitzer? Pulitzer? Who knows? It's impossible Pulitzer. to know. <laughs> You get a picture tomato, of tomato. Yeah, you get a picture of Gene Weingarten, age fifty-eight. Oh boy, he's real goofy looking. Uh, he's like an older guy with kind of a round head, and he has this luxurious dark hair that you would not expect for a man of his age. That is sort of like, <laughs> like Bieber twenty twelve length hair, but it's, oh, it's wow. wavy instead of straight. And then he has uh, a very big mustache that goes from like up to the, each corner of his mouth. Uh, Clearly his hair is a buffer for all of the horror he had to experience while interviewing people for the article. Yep. I want to... Oh, there is a link to the article from March 8th, 2009. This guy probably, uh, probably read this article, right? That's probably why this story got written, because it was just a few years later. Probably, or, like, somebody, it happened in, like, his local news somewhere, the author. Mm. Um, th there has to be a prompt for something like this, but yeah, definitely. Yeah, someone else mentioned in the comments that it happened, uh, it happened in another story, or another place that, that like, a school teacher in, in, they say, W-A slash O-Z. I don't know what that could possibly stand for. W-A, I would think Washington. Uh, Washington slash ounces. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Ozarks? So, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Where are the Ozarks? I have no clue. Uh, I'm terrible at geography. Uh, here we go. So, the uh, Washington Post article is directly linked. I was linked above the, above that. There was a, a comment mentioning uh, the Pulitzer Prize thing. This is a fatal, fatal distraction by Gene Weingarten. Uh, the, boy, the Pulitzer website has a much better layout for the article. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's... Uh, that's all I have to say about this. Let's go into plugs. What do you have to plug? Where can the audience reach you if you would like them to? Um, Y'all can follow me on Twitter at Lovelark and Instagram at Rose underscore Lark, both with a C. You can find me on Twitter, J3FK, Snapchat, and Instagram, JeffJK, weaponizedlanguage.com for all of my episodes of this show and of other shows. You can go to patreon.com slash JeffJK, probably still, and get uh, bonus content. I'm not sure if I'm going to still run the Patreon. I guess if I do, I'll just, like, 
unlock all of the content and make it free or something, uh, but it'll still be up there, you know. I, I'll probably keep doing the Patreon, though. I uh, Well, assuming I can get far enough ahead. Uh, I have still a couple weeks left before I become super busy. Uh, join Creepypods the fan group on Facebook. Wish everyone a Happy New Year in there, uh, unless this comes out too far after the New Year. But, you know, it'll probably just be a couple weeks. I'm thinking... Uh, if no, this one we are, are almost certain this one will come out December 27th, so no worries there. Uh, I'll wish you a happy new year on the next episode, ladies and gentlemen, and other people. I don't, I never say ladies and gentlemen, I always default to folks or uh, <laughs> distinguished guests. Uh, I don't know why I dipped back into that. Uh, Binary gender construction, but we're going to end the episode now so that we can talk about a different creepypasta, Autopilot Disengaged.